World Talk Radio. The following program is being brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The human mind, body, emotions, and spirit are more powerful than anyone can imagine, and we will learn to utilize each of them to the maximum and learn to make decisions about what we want and how we want to feel. What a concept, and one we will explore today on the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. On our program, we'll address who you are, why you're here on this planet, how to go within, how to come to know what you believe, and why. Now, here's your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Hello, this is Irene Conlon. Welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. As you know, we're here to have a good time, to talk about how we can do and be better, have a happier life, and uh, maybe learn something. And today, I think we're going to learn something. We really, really have a great show for you today. I have to always acknowledge Alice Cooper and our theme song, No More Mr. Nice Guy. You know that when you start doing some self-improvement work and you get really serious about it, you begin to realize that it's okay for you to set some boundaries and to say no. And sometimes people don't like that and they think you're not so nice anymore. Don't worry about it. It'll settle in. Maybe our guest today can give us some light on that subject. Um, You'll get through it and you'll probably be even nicer. Alice Cooper, we congratulate you for your induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And we reiterate our standing invitation to be on our show. Someday I'm going to catch up with you. You know that Alice Cooper lives in Phoenix. And in Phoenix, he's known as one of the nicest guys in town. <clears throat> We're looking for sponsors. would love to have give you exposure on this show and also on the self-improvement blog. If you're interested in doing that, contact Scott Duffy at Voice America or me on the self-improvement blog. I want to acknowledge and thank our engineer, Chad. Chad, thank you. He always makes us sound good. Even sometimes when we flub up, he fixes it, and we really appreciate him. If you're looking to have a radio show, you might want to consider Voice America World Talk Radio first. They're a pioneer in Internet radio, and if you're interested, give them a call. And they didn't ask me to say that. Our hearts go out to the people of Japan who are suffering such loss, and to the people all around the globe who are in countries under siege, who've lost their homes, who've lost loved ones. Our hearts are with you, our thoughts and prayers as well. Next week's guest is Dr. Eleanor Schottstad, who's not only an internist, but a sleep specialist. Good sleep is critical for good health, and millions of people stay awake all night wishing they could sleep. So next week, Dr. Schottstadt's going to talk to us about sleep disorders and how we can get our Z's. Today's guest is Dr. Jeffrey Hall. Dr. Hall is a writer, 
psychotherapist, an executive life coach whose clients range from single individuals in private practice to multinational Fortune 500 corporations. He works with the big guys. He's widely recognized as a pioneer in the field of performance coaching for executives and life coaching for individuals. His special gift, and this truly is a special gift, is the ability to sense intuitively what aspects of your mental, emotional, or physical well-being may be stuck in place from past trauma or early conditioning. He's the author of a wonderful book called Shift, Let Go of Fear and Get Your Life in Gear and the host of his own radio show, Life Shift, which is on WBLQ in Rhode Island. Life Shift with Dr. J, I should have said. Jeffrey, welcome to the Self-Improvement Show. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. Oh, you're welcome. You're in New York. Tell us a little bit about what it's like there, because it's really gorgeous and sunny in Arizona. Well, it's gorgeous and sunny here in New York, but it's uh, probably about 30 degrees cooler. <laughs> I don't even know that. I don't even know that kind of temperature. <laughs> well, we're grateful for it warming above freezing, so we're happy today. And the sun is out, so no complaints. That's good. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you drew, what drew you into the field of psychology. Give us a thumbnail of who you are. Well, I think it's safe to say that I am actually the product of corporate America. Um, early career was in human resources, and I worked in a whole range of the functions in HR for a number of big companies. And uh, I would say, let's say, 10, 15 years into that, um, I realized that the part of the job that I most enjoyed and that I think I was most suited for was working with people more individually in, in counseling. And so I left corporate America, and I kind of reinvented myself in midstream and went back to school to get a Ph.D. I was probably one of the oldest people in my class to do that and uh, came out as a, with a doctorate in psychology. And then today I work in sort of, sort of uh, portfolio of areas. Because of the fact that I had a corporate background, I still work with executives. I do a lot of work around leadership development and helping people go to the next level in their performance within an organization, and then I also focus in my private practice on helping people to do exactly what I did, which is to reinvent themselves along the way. So sometimes that looks like working with entrepreneurs, sometimes it looks like working with uh, people that are just unhappy in their jobs, or in the last couple of years, as you can imagine, it's been helping a lot of people work through layoffs and downsizing and some of the challenges of the recession and come out on the other side. So I, uh, I have a whole range of areas that I work in. You have, a, you have a really active kind of practice between your psychotherapy practice and your coaching practice. Do they all kind of meld into one or is there a distinct separation between the two? Well, I do keep a a distinct separation between the corporate work that I do, which is for the organizational work that I do, which is sponsored by the organization, and often involves working with leaders and teams, and then in my private practice, uh, where I really have created 
I've tried to synthesize the best of psychology principles of um, spiritually oriented psychotherapy and also life coaching. A lot of what I do is really helping people that are managing and, and going through major life change. Let's start with that when you ask the questions on your website. And by the way, give us your website right at the top so if people want to take a look at it while they're listening, they can do that because you have a remarkable website. How do oh, they find it? Thank you. Uh, there, there's two access routes. One is uh, www.life-shifting.com. So it's lifeshifting.com with a dash. And then the other is just my name, jeffreyhull.com, H-U-L-L. And if you forget either one of those, just Google him. You know, just, ju- <laughs> just Google Jeff Hull. You'll find him. You can track uh, him down. You have the question uh, that I'm assuming you're asking people who are reading the blog. Have you stayed too long in a dead-end job? Are you living out your dreams or just daydreaming? What can you do to people who do? And I don't mean to. How can you do for people? How do you help people who answer yes? those questions I'm in a dead-end job and I'm really just daydreaming well I mean I think that's often the starting point for recognizing that it's time to reinvent your career or reinvent some aspect of your life and that in fact is the really that one of the core themes of my book you know after working with people for over 15 years and sort of tracking them through the process of reinvention in so many different domains and then looking at my own life and how I've reinvented myself on many levels over the years, I came to see a pattern, you know, a common series of steps that we all need to go through in order to come out of the, on the other side from that place of boredom or frustration or depression or anxiety. And so what I try to do with my clients, and I wrote about it in my book, is to create a roadmap for people so that it won't be quite so daunting and quite so fearful <laughs> and quite so fear-inducing when we kind of come to that crossroads in our life, which is inevitable. What kind of, what kind of I guess I, the word I want to use is screening, but that's not really the right word. How do you help them determine where it is they want to go so you know how to map it out? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, I think one of the challenges for a lot of people that are in that place of feeling like they're stuck or frustrated, but they're not sure what's next or they don't have a clear vision of the future, and ironically, the answer to, this, to that dilemma is actually to go backwards before you go forwards. You need to be able to go back to your childhood and back to earlier times in your life when you did have a sense of passion, when you did have a sense of exploration and play and fun, and reconnect to those feelings. And sometimes as adults, we get very cut off from that wonderful divine childlike energy that we all have. But in the, you know, in the workaday world, when you're an adult, you're trying to pay the bills or pay off the mortgage or take care of kids, you know, it's very easy to forget that you too were a kid once and get back in touch with that excitement, with that energy of creativity, and that's what I help people to try to do. So you try to get them to answer again, what, is the, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah, it's so funny yeah. you say that. I had a client today in my, right in my office just before this call who is a very successful hedge fund manager, you know, former Goldman Sachs, top of the master of the universe, 
and uh, he's in his mid-40s, and he's got a, had a wonderful life. He has a great family and four wonderful kids, and but he's just reached that point where he's really not sure what's next. He's way too young to retire, and it's exactly, you know, it's so funny. He said to me, I'm helping my kids figure out what they want to do with their, with their lives, but I haven't figured out what I want to do with my life. And I said, well, you know, you just hit on the answer right there, is to get back in touch with the little kid in you. And he kind of looked at me like, oh, my God, wow, yeah. <laughs> For some of us, that wouldn't work. I wanted to be Sonia Henney, who was a great skater back in the days when I was a really little kid, <laughs> kind of to tell you how old I am, but there's no way I could be her. So yeah, wait, we had to have... But, you know, it's great that you point that out, because it's not about becoming the literal pro tennis player or fancy or champion skater that you wanted to be when you were a kid. What it's about is getting back in touch with the qualities of that creative experience uh, experience that you had as a kid. So it's, I would have you explore what you loved about the experience of skating. Ah, nice. And that you can have recreated at any time in your life. You talk about li the life-shifting approach to career counseling or career coaching. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by that, what that is? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one of my frustrations with the, sort of the traditional career counseling um, methodology is that it's all very practical, and, and I respect the need for that. I mean, we need to, to look at our skill sets. We need to make sure we do a good resume. We need to be polished in our interviewing skills and looking at the job market and networking. That's all great, and I respect the people that help those that need support around those things. But what's missing from the mix a lot of the time is helping people reconnect to their passions. And so the, from my standpoint, life-shifting is about connecting the dots of who you want to be in the world, what excites you, what what your passions are, where your creativity is, and then mapping that to what the world needs, to where the job market is going. So you don't leave out of the mix being connected to your soul, to what you really care about. So it's bigger than just finding a job. Ah, uh, Do you find people who at this point in their lives really cannot identify or connect with their passion? Well, it depends on when this point in their lives happens to be. Yeah, whatever think, it is. Yeah, I, th I think what you're pointing to is that what's often um, the problem, problem or the trouble that we run into is we get so fearful. You know, when we face losing our job or, or getting laid off or the company's restructuring or you know, the industry that we're in is going through huge change and transformation. It's so easy to get very, very fearful. So it is almost a paradox that you have to actually be able to move through your fear in order to get reconnected to that other side of your being where you can find your, in your passion and your creativity and your enthusiasm again. So we have to move through the fear, and now we have to move through a break. So we're going to take a short break now, and when we come back, we'll talk more with Dr. Jeffrey Hull about career coaching. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show with my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Hull. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In Sue McDaniel's book, I Am Heart, she talks about feelings. Now, Sue is ready to bring her book, blogs, and topics of interest to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. I Am Heart will discuss concepts and ideas that affect all of us and will provide experts and solutions to help everyone. Sue, speaking through I Am Heart, will answer your questions, share your answers, and learn together with you. Each program will have topics you've suggested, homework to learn about yourself, and moments of connection. Tune in to I Am Heart, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, on World Talk Radio Variety. I have a dream. Sometimes it seems that life is just throwing you one obstacle after another. There are many people who have overcome or are overcoming their personal obstacles in order to succeed. Hear them talk about these barriers and how they overcame them on American Dreams, The Sky is the Limit, featuring host Jen Robertson. Jen herself overcame life struggles to become one of the most in-demand motivational speakers in the world today, as well as a best-selling author. Tune in to American Dreams, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Follow the World Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at World Talk Radio. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the World Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash World Talk Radio or follow along with us at World Talk Radio, the World Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? You're listening to the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is the self-improvement blog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the self-improvement show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my, do- my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Hull. We've been talking about his practice and the first prong of his practice as life coaching. He's also a Jungian psych- psychotherapist. Jeffrey, tell us a little bit chose that approach to psychotherapy and what it means to your client that trained this way. Well, I think that the... The frame that I look through, the lens that I look through for my psychology training comes from uh, Jungian psychology. And for those of you, for those of the listeners that are maybe not familiar with Carl Jung's work, I mean, it's, it's really based around the idea that human beings have more to them than just, uh, you know, mental faculties and physical faculties, that there's actually a spiritual or a soulful component to us and it shows up in images in our dreams and honoring our passions and our creativity it's actually the source of inspiration for us wanting to live out our dreams you know people always ask so you know where does passion come from where does your fantasy come from 
Well, the Jungian psychologists would say that that's a key element of our psychological makeup, that we have this creative principle in us, and you could view it as a spiritual principle, but it's more than just a purely biomedical frame. And so what I try to do with my clients is to honor that soulful desire, that soulful longing that we all have to manifest more of our creativity and more of who we are as human beings in the world and to listen to that part of ourselves. You ask on your website the question, do you feel your soul calling but do not know how to listen? Do your dreams serve you or unnerve you? Do most people, can most people deal with that question? Do they know what you're really asking or do you have to kind of walk them through it? Well, I mean, it varies. I think some people are aware of their of what they dream about, are aware of their longings and their creative impulse. It depends, it depends really on, you know, the kind of development path that they had as children, whether or not those kinds of things were honored in their childhood dynamic. Um, for some folks that are brought up in a very, very practical, more rigid um, or perhaps more religious environments, you know, they're, they're called upon to be very practical, to be very rational, and not necessarily giving themselves very much permission to daydream or to get in touch with that more imaginal or imaginary side of their personality. So, you know, that's part of what I do is to try to help people connect to those places in them that they haven't listened to for maybe, maybe since they were children. I would think this would be very exciting for somebody who never had the chance to look at this to see that there's this wonderful, wonderful side of them that they haven't tapped into before. Um, I don't know whether you see that, but it seems that that would be a reaction of many. Well, I think it's, uh, it's always extraordinary to me when I discover and over and over and over again that there's an artist, you know, there's a creative poet, musician, writer, sculptor, uh, photographer, there's a, there's a creative, artistic person inside everyone. And yes. it always amazes me when I'm working with an accountant or an investment banker or a lawyer, and, you know, they have an immediate resistance to the idea that they might be an artist. But when we go into an exploration process of their childhood and their dreams and what they love to do when they're playing and they're feeling expansive, all of a sudden we recognize that we're all artists, that there's an artistic, creative spirit in all of us. Yes. You, you talk about releasing individuals from energy blockages. Is this one of them that you have to work with, is getting them to realize their creativity? Or you know, how do you recognize the blockages and how do you help them release them so they can move forward? Well, a lot of what, you're, what I do with folks is having them recognize that their symptoms you know, the aches and pains and anxieties and, and different symptoms that are, real, are really energy blockages. They're actually or signals from their system, from their emotional system or from their mental system, basically telling them that it's time to change, that something needs to move, something needs to shift. So, you know, in our culture, we have a tendency to want to alleviate the symptom, and we try to do everything we can to get rid of the symptom and so that we feel better. And that may be fine, but what I also try to insert into the dialogue with people 
is for them to listen to the pain of the energy that they're experiencing and to dialogue with it. There are a lot of practices, actually, that you can do, and I outline some of these in my book, around exploring your own symptoms, exploring the blockages and, and pains and aches that you have, and using them as a tool, using them as a signal to learn from yourself what needs to change. Maybe it's time to, you know, do something different with your career or reinvent your relationship with your partner or get back in touch with your own creativity. And the way that that's showing up in your system is through a blockage, through a, uh, some sort of physical symptom. So rather than just trying to banish the symptom with, uh, you know, tension, we actually look to listen into it and to get in touch with it and look at it as an energy source or as a, as a signal. Ah, I had a student once who ha hated her job so much that she continually said, I, I can't stand this anymore. I just can't stand this anymore. And she developed a problem with her feet, so she couldn't stand, literally. And when she realized it, she said, oh, my gosh. She found another job and moved on. And, and her foot problem cleared up. Quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect example. Yeah. I know when I was at reaching the... The final throes of my corporate career um, 15 years ago, I had extreme back pain, and I had to constantly change my chair. My boss thought I was crazy because I was constantly going out and buying new chairs and trying every ergonomically designed chair you could think of. And, you know, I was trying to fix the symptom of having extreme lower back pain and upper back pain. But at the end of the day, what was really happening is that I no longer wanted to sit in that chair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The load was too heavy for your back, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, when I ultimately left that job and I started practicing yoga and I took time to listen to my body and to reconnect with what was really going on in my system, I have never had that back pain again. It's been 15 Isn't that years. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you find that people tune in pretty easily to listen to what their body's telling them after they realize they can do that? Most people don't realize they can listen to what their body's telling them. Well, it's interesting you ask that question. I think people are willing, once they have a frame of reference, once I give them some context, or, you know, my book helps to outline the importance of listening to through the physical body and the emotional body, and they have practices to do that. I think that the access is something most people are, are open to and are actually very interested in. I think the challenge is, and it's an unfortunate reality, is just because you enter into the exploration and start listening to your body or to the symptoms or to your blockages, unfortunately, it doesn't make the pain go away immediately. You know, in no. our culture, we have a tendency to want to take the pill and feel better tomorrow morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so that's the reality is that even though you're listening, it may still be signaling that you're entering into a longer process. So having patience with that, I think, is sometimes very difficult for people. But it, but it, if they understand it's a process, you know, maybe they'll slow down a little bit. They do need sometimes to have the pill to relieve the pain uh, or something to help get them through it. I, I don't know. It, it, it would depend on the individual. Your, yeah, your third yeah. 
Yeah. I'm, Go ahead. I was just going to say that I'm I'm all for um, not having people suffer. So you know there are a lot of our modern medical treatments that include pharmaceuticals that can be very very helpful. And so whenever it's appropriate, I mean I I'm very much in support of that. I'm not a psychiatrist, so I definitely get the medical people involved. But what I would say is I'm very hesitant to stop with that. So for people to say, you know, I found the right antidepressant or I found the right medical regime, and now I'm not going to take any, you know, I'm not going to look at those symptoms anymore. That's oh, exactly. the problem, yeah. It's like putting a Band-Aid over something that needs stitches. Exactly. You, you, yeah. need, you need to get down to the problem and, and deal with it instead of just putting a patch on it. It's yeah, almost and, time. And, and you Go know, ahead. it's not necessarily a problem. It may be that you just need to get down deeper into the desire. Ah, yes. Yeah. Do you, do you have people who've been told that it's not okay to desire? <laughs> yeah, like most people, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it's time for us to take another break. When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about Jeffrey's role in executive coaching. So stay with us. This is Irene Conlon with the Self-Improvement Show and my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Hull. We'll be right back, so stay tuned. Find out what's happening on the World Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword World Talk Radio. To succeed in life today, you have to respond well to change and be willing to take chances. On Star Style, Be the Star You Are, the Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan and her sidekick, daughter Heather Brittany, deliver lessons of success spanning the generations with live interviews with trailblazers, authors, and experts. Join Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany on the Power Hour, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, every Thursday from 3 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on World Talk Variety. For positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio, it's Star Style. Be the star you are. If you are looking to get started or are currently operating a home-based business, you might be looking for answers. What are the risks? What business should I get started in? How will I market my business? How do I balance my professional life with my other life? For answers, you need to tune into The Home-Based Business Show with Helene Leontzos. Each week, we'll bring you a step-by-step practical guide to starting and maintaining your home-based business. Listen every Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. 
Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. We're here with my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Hull, talking about his practice, and we're going to soon talk about his book, uh, Shift. Um, we've been talking about your about Jungian psychotherapy. I'd like to shift now and talk a little bit about executive coaching. You say it's designed to integrate and ensure the full implementation of change and growth commitments. Tell us what you mean by that. Well, you know, it's interesting. I don't actually, I mean, the, 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 as I said before, private practice work with an individual is distinct from working within organizations. Right. and working with leaders, but at the, at the same time, you know, the process fundamentally isn't really that different. Um, when I'm working with people in leadership roles, what I'm really trying to do is help them step up to their growing edge and to really raise their self-awareness, but within a context of an organization and within their relationships with other people so that they can really operate at their full optimal peak capabilities. And in order to do that, they have to do some of the same kinds of practices and processes that I do with the private practice people, which is, you know, to, to stay connected to their passion, to become aware of how they operate and what works and what doesn't work, to take feedback from the environment, and to really listen in to themselves so that they can operate in an optimal fashion. And you would think that when they get into an executive position, some of that would be easy for them, but it isn't, is it? Well, you know, what's interesting is that to a certain extent, they, people reach a certain level of leadership or success within an organization, and certain things are very easy for them. So, you know, whatever their strengths are as a leader have obviously propel them to be successful to a certain extent. But and what I find is that they often reach a point or a plateau where they stop growing. And it's kind of the same thing in our personal lives, you know, where they, leaders can, be, can become equally bored and develop symptoms of stress and anxiety. Yes. And so that's a signal for them to also reinvent and look at at practice, new practices, trying new ways of operating, and that can be very scary. So, you know, my, one of the keys to keep growing as a leader is to not become complacent with just doing what you do well. You know, one of my key themes around leadership work and around executive coaching is to constantly be looking to help people expand their portfolio of awareness and capabilities. Yes, and some of them probably think they're too busy to pursue that. Yeah, I think a lot of the time, you know, they live a very, very linear, fast-paced, results-oriented life or uh, organizational life, but at the same time, their company, their business, their organization that they work in is asking them to be creative and to be innovative and to have new ideas. 
And, you know, the paradox of that, of course, is that creativity is not a linear process. Creativity no. is not something you can just demand of yourself or of your people as a, as a boss. You have to create an environment where there's space, where there's time, where people can percolate, where people can practice new things, where people can take risks and make mistakes. So as a leader, the idea of just not having any free time and constantly just working and working and working actually becomes counterproductive. And uh, so, you know, in the same way that I do with my private practice folks, it's being, it's the coaching opportunity gives people a chance to step back and reflect on that lifestyle, on the pace, and on how they are spending their time so that they can potentially shift gears, give themselves more space, more opportunities to reflect, more opportunities to try out new ways of being, and therefore be more creative and ultimately more productive. Their employees must love you. <laughs> well, I would hope so. Not always, you, but have you had some who are in the same position you were in and really just need to get into something that you know they have passion for? Do you, have you helped some make that kind of transition? Oh yeah, I mean, I think that's that's one of the risks of going into organizations and working with people that have plateaued, or you know, the boss says you know, come in and help my people because they seem to be unhappy. And, uh, you know, then I enter into a dynamic or a conversation where it turns out that there's, there are people that really are finished with their situation. You know, they'd really like to move on or do something else. And, um, you know, that's why I'm, I have a joke that over the last 10 or 15 years, I would say, you know, there's a certain percentage of my practice that's made up of people that move back and forth between the two domains. Yeah. You know, they, they start out as a corporate client and end up as a private client. Or they start out as a private client and end up as a corporate client. So, As long as they can get it sorted out. Let's talk about your book. You have a new book called Shift, Let Go of Fear and Get Your Life in Gear. I, I don't know why, but I always want to say get your rear in gear. <laughs> You call it a workbook for life. Tell us how you came to write this book and what it means to you. Well, uh, what it means to me is, it's funny, I wanted, it's the kind of book that I wish I had had, basically, is what it comes down to. Yes. You know, when I went through my first sort of career meltdown, life meltdown, as I was talking about the very bad back pain, I had a very difficult time with my boss. I was extremely unhappy in my life at the time, and I, it took me a long time to realize that a lot of it was being internally generated, that it really wasn't the fault of my boss or the fault of the chair or the fault of the company. It was really time for me to go through a process of reinventing myself. And as I've come to see so many people in the last 10, 15 years go through a very similar process, about four years ago, I said to myself, you know, it would be really great if we had a roadmap for how this process works and the stages that we all go through when we're kind of being called upon from inside ourselves to break apart our patterns and reinvent. So that was the impetus for writing the book. I basically looked at the patterns that I'd seen in many, many, many people, and I mapped it out in stages 
And the number of stages and the names of the stages is fairly arbitrary, but basically I wanted to create a tool so that people could reference the process as they're going through it. So that was the, that was the key impetus for it. And then the second thing that I think is really crucial in the way I framed the book is that all along the stages, all along the process of any major life shift, and this could be in your career, it could be in a relationship, reinventing your marriage, it could be in any domain of your life, we all run up against fear. You know, um, we all yes. run up against anxiety. And so I wanted to create a compendium, compendium of practices that people can use to move through that energy and to get to the other side of fear. Because right on the other side of fear is enthusiasm. Oh, that's, motivation. that's a nice way to express it. I like that. On the other side of fear is enthusiasm. Yeah, I mean, if you think about uh. it, just, just before a performer goes on stage, what do they typically go through? Oh, fear. Exactly, <laughs> right. But, you know, what that fear is actually doing is, is propelling them to take, a, to take a leap into a, you know, in the case of an actor or an actress or a singer, to, to propel them on stage to express their creativity. So, you know, the, what I try to do is help people see that the fear that they're having as they move through a major change in their lives it's not necessarily a bad thing. We've decided no. that we want to, that it's a bad thing, but it's actually perfectly natural. And it's about honoring what it's trying to tell us, that it's time to move. It's, try, it's time to get out on stage. Yeah, it's, it's time to do your thing. Exactly. Can we talk a little bit about your stages? What, what have you identified <clears throat> as the stages? I understand you have six of them. Yeah, there are six stages, and a very simple way of breaking it is to see it as two sides of a cycle. So, you know, I, I, the shift cycle, as I call it, or the life-shifting cycle, the first half of the cycle is what I would call the downshift, which is really, in essence, a rupture, which is the first stage, a release, and a retreat process. So, you know, the first part of the cycle is a letting go, the rupture is that moment when you wake up and you realize that something needs to change. And so the first half of this, of the, this cycle involves the process of recognizing that you're, rupture, that you're in a rupture place emotionally or in some domain in your life and that you need to release some element, some aspect of yourself that no longer serves, that's no longer working for you. So the first three stages, the rupture, the release, and the retreat, are all about that whole letting go process of grieving, releasing, and honoring that it's time for some element of yourself to move on, to be let go. Oh, when and people get into this, do they kind of get into the, oh, my God, am I sure I want to do this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking this sounds a little formidable, a little but, but it's not something that's really uh, within our control. I mean, what I'm what I'm basically saying in the book and what I've experienced in my own life and watched others, it's it's sort of inevitable that this process is happening, and so it's not so much um, not uh, it's it's more about recognizing that you're in it anyway. And so once you recognize that you're in it and you can honor the stages, they go by much more quickly because you're not resisting it. It's just a natural process of release, of letting go. 
And then you move into the second half of the cycle, which I call the upshift, which sort of makes sense, the opposite side of it. And that includes the third stage, which is revival, so getting back in touch with that creative energy, the playful stage, exploration stage, and then moving into more commitment to something new. And I call those last two stages the rehearsal, which is when you rehearse, practice, and have discipline to your commitment to something new in your life, and then ultimately realization. So Ah, you you said the D word. I'm sorry? (laughs) You said the D word, discipline. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. Let's hang on that discipline word as we go to another break, and then we'll finish. This is Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show with my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Hull. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back, so stay tuned in. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take World Talk Radio on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Are you looking for tips, tricks, secrets, and techniques that you can use anywhere, anytime, on virtually any problem? Tune in to Magic at Your Fingertips with EFT virtuoso Teresa Bolin. You are a divine manifestation of love and light. Take back control of your life and create the life that you want using EFT, Emotional Freedom Techniques. You'll overcome the obstacles that stand in the way of living your heart's desire. Magic at Your Fingertips airs live at 6 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern, and 10 p.m. in Japan on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite World Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at World Talk Radio and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Listen. Listen. The world is talking. The World Talk Radio Variety Channel. You are tuned in to the Self-Improvement Show with your host, Dr. Irene Conlon. Got a question for Irene or her guests? Call into our live show at 1-866-613-1612. That's 1-866-613-1612. Connect with Irene via email. Our address is theselfimprovementblog at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to the Self-Improvement Show. Here again is Dr. Irene Conlon. Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Show. This is Irene Conlon with my guest, Dr. Jeffrey Hull. And we were talking about the six stages of the process of change that he's written about in his book. Jeffrey, tell us about your book. Uh, Where can they get it? Uh, What do you want them to know about it? This sort of thing. I think the book is available in pretty much any major bookstore, certainly Barnes & Noble and Borders and um, Amazon should be fairly easy to track it down. Uh, there are other books. The word shift is pretty common. So I recommend if you're going online to just put my name, shift with Hull, H-U-L-L, 
Um, you can't copyright a title, so I think there are like four books out there that use shift in some form or other in the title. So. Yeah, all of a sudden there was a rash of them. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but let me say that yours is so solid, and you know it it can help anybody who's in the process of any kind of change. You don't have to be a big corporate CEO to benefit from this book. No, I appreciate that, Irene. What I was trying to get at in my book was to give people a really simple but very complete roadmap for what the stages are that they're going to need to go through to reinvent their relationship, to reinvent their career, to get back in touch with who they know themselves to be on any level, and also how to use practices, mental and emotional and physical practices, to get through the fear places, to get through those stuck moments that we all run up against when we're going through a major change. Let's talk about some of those. I, I always see those as tools. Yeah. Uh, what kind of tools, and you have tools, toolboxes on your website, I love that. Uh, what kind of tools do you give people during this process of change? Well, the key to all the tools, simply put, is for people to have ways of being in dialogue with themselves. You know, it's like being your own therapist. The best thing you can do is to have practices that help you listen to yourself and to gain self-awareness about what's going on inside your body, your heart, your mind. And so there are all sorts of different practices different types of journaling exercises, different types of meditative practices, different types of ways of using the body. I have exercises that involve yoga positioning and practices, stretching. Um, I try to break things up into domains. So there's physical practices where you use your body. There's mental practices, which would be more in the meditation area, little t visualizations and meditations. And then finally, emotional practices, and a lot of those involve using the arts, you know, music and uh -huh. movement and that kind of thing. So you may tell me that I need to learn to dance or something. Hmm? Well, you don't have to be a yeah. good dancer, but getting <laughs> no, in touch I... with your body and moving. Body. You, said, you said you used to be a skater. <laughs> no, I didn't. I said I wanted to be. I was oh, okay. <laughs> I, I did try it when I was an adult. It didn't work too well. But I think that it was other parts of my personality that were <laughs> being affected by the, the skating. <laughs> my my body was not designed to skate. <laughs> well, I think that you're not alone in that. It's a it's um, rare. That's a very specialized skill set. <laughs> right. Uh, what uh, What are the final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience? And you can take as much time with this as you need. Well, I would just you know my commitment and my passion is to help people realize that no matter how old they are at any age. You can rewrite your story. I mean, I think that's one of the fundamental themes of my book and all the work I do with people, whether it's in leadership or in private practice, is to give people permission and the recognition and the awareness that whatever story you're telling yourself about your life, you can rewrite that. It's yes. not etched in stone. 
So, you know, yesterday I had a woman in my office who's 68 years old, and she's becoming a life coach, and she's on her fifth career. And she was sharing with me how fearful she is and whether or not she'll be good at it. And I was just so moved by her commitment to staying youthful and creative and energetic. And I thought, you know, oh, my God, you know, when I'm in that age bracket, which isn't too far from now, I can't wait to have a coach like you to come to see. And, oh, what you know, she come with a wealth of information and experience and wisdom? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, you know, that's my message to people is whether you're 20 or 70, you know, never get caught in the belief, the false belief that you can't rewrite the story or reinvent yourself at any time along the way. I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm 75, and I'm still reinventing mine. There you go. And it's absolutely wonderful and more fun. <laughs> how wonderful uh, is that? How, how do the spouses deal with some of this? Do you sometimes have the spouse in, if they're being very, very resistant, can you help them through this? I mean, it must be very fearful for a wife to watch her husband decide he's going to change his whole life. Well, yeah. I mean, I, they should do it as a team, ultimately. <sighs> do they yeah. always? No, of course. That's a, that's a personal choice. But there's also a narrative around a relationship, just as, just as there's a narrative around a career. So, you know, the same principles apply. You can reinvent. Well, a lot of what I do with, with couples is have them reinvent their marriage by going through the exact same stages as you would go through when you're reinventing your career. So, you know, the possibility exists for reinventing that relationship at any stage along the way also. Do you find that sometimes people won't move forward because they're afraid it will disrupt their their home life or their relationship, their their wife or their husband doesn't like it, so they pull back? Oh yeah. What a sad thing. Yeah, but a lot of it is timing. You know, I mean, uh, I'm here to support people, but I'm not here to force someone who's not ready to change their relationship or change their situation. So it's, a lot of it is coming to it when you're ready. Yeah, it seems really stressful not to go forward once you've made that decision. Well, the pain becomes, you know, that's what, that's what we were talking about with the energy blockages is at some point the pain becomes unbearable, and that we think of that as a really bad thing, but that may be exactly what we need to break down in order to break through. Exactly. The bad thing is you always have to go through. It's not a bad thing. I don't mean it's a bad thing, but you know, well, there's wonderful saying, the only way out is through. Exactly. And that's so true in so many instances. You have this wonderful statement. I don't remember where I picked it up, whether in your book or on your website. Human beings are not just brains on a stick. We're human beings in a body. How did you come to make that statement? I just love it. It's so graphic to me. Well, first of all, I have to give credit where credit is due. I did not say that first. Are you there? My, my spiritual teacher, who's in my book, his name is Tom Lutz, he actually said that to me in a workshop. And the theme there was recognizing that in, the, in today's world where we have the law of attraction and the book, the famous book, The Secret, and all of that, it's very easy for us to forget 
that just changing your mind doesn't change your life. You need to change your whole being, and your being includes the body and includes the soul and includes your heart. So I'm a big proponent of, um, you know, cognitive shifts and changing our minds. That's an important piece, but it's not the entire puzzle. So that's what that's pointing to is that, you know, human beings are more than just a mental apparatus. We're full-bodied souls and hearts. And whenever you go through a major change, you've got to put the whole body in gear, not just the mind. So you're saying we're holistic. Exactly. <laughs> have to. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it's interesting to me that some people think we're. St- some people still think we're a machine, thanks to Rene Descartes. But um, I think we're beginning to get away from that now. Is there yeah. one last thing you'd like to tell our listeners? It's just about time to say goodbye. No, nothing specific other than um, I just, it's been a thrill to be on your show. I really appreciate what you're trying to do with this show. And the theme of self-improvement is near and dear to my heart. Um, I hope people that if anyone out there is going through a major breakdown or a difficult time that they will try to find my book and reach out to me um, through my websites. And, um, you know, I wish them all the best in moving through to the next great change in their life. Wonderful. All they need to do is remember your name, Jeffrey Hull, H-U-L-L. You can Google it and you can find both his book and his website. Next week's guest is Dr. Eleanor Schottstadt, and we're going to be talking about how to get a good night's sleep. Dr. Hull, thank you so much for being on our show. I've enjoyed every minute of it. I'd like to have a redo sometime down the line and talk to you some more. Would be happy to do it. This is Irene Conlon saying goodbye for the Self-Improvement Show. Have a good day, a good week, a good life. Thank you again for joining Dr. Irene Conlon for the Self-Improvement Show. Please listen again next Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the World Talk Radio Variety Channel. Remember that improvement out there starts in here. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the World Talk Radio Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit worldtalkradio.com. The World Talk Radio Network, where the world comes to talk. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the World Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.